Hi there, I'm Russ, and welcome to Dapper Dividends. I'm beyond a beginner, far from an expert, and there's a good chance I know something you don't. The following content are my opinions on investing in life and are not financial advice, but shared for your fun and entertainment. Now that's Dapper. All right, what's up? Welcome to Dapper Dividends. I'm Russ. Uh, this is my podcast. This is the first episode. I uh, wanted to do something that we can talk dividends. I can just get off what's on my mind. Uh, let you know what I'm thinking, what I'm looking at. Just my opinion. Uh, just a little space that I can share my journey into dividend growth investing. So yeah, welcome. Hope you're back. Uh, I'm going to try and do this a few times a week, maybe every uh, Wednesday-ish and uh, Friday or so, Saturday maybe, something like that. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm busy. I work a full-time job. Uh, I'm a tradesman. I uh, do a lot of welding, working on uh, commercial loading dock equipment. Uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm in my 40s, uh, born and raised in the Chicago suburbs. Uh, I think you can tell by my accent. I... Uh, I went to the Navy right out of high school. Uh, I was stationed aboard the USS John C. Stennis. I was a machinist mate. Uh, got back into the Chicago area around 2000, and I've been here ever since. Um, my husband, a beautiful wife, two daughters, and I am admitting I am a dividend growth investor. So. I've been investing since about 2003 with the company IRA, didn't really know that much, kind of loosely followed it, Um, got got really serious probably about 2015, 2016, uh, found the dividend growth uh, investing world, which uh, I became enamored with. But before I really went heavy into it, I focused on paying off all my debts getting my finances under control, starting an, starting an emergency fund, doing all the necessary things to put myself on the track to an earlier financial independence. So that's where I'm at. I still have a mortgage. I'm kind of doing a hybrid approach. I'm paying third of my you know, extra money toward the, uh, toward the mortgage, uh, extra principal payments putting a third toward my dividend growth portfolio and then a third keeps going into the emergency fund. You can't have enough with these uh, these these pretty uncertain times. So yeah, so pretty cool. What about this, this uh, podcast here? Um, yeah, I'm just sharing my journey, my episode called it Dapper Dividends. Why not? Needs a name. I had to give it a name and a logo. So why not? We'll go with that. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking for the most attractive companies going forward. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm still making mistakes, but far and few uh, between. And I got a nice, nice little dividend growth portfolio going. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger every week, every month, every year. And I'm, I love it. I, there's a lot of people I listen to on YouTube, uh, people I follow on Twitter. I am just enamored with the dividend growth investing community. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know what I look at, uh, I'm looking at things that have a uh, historical PE ratio 
compared to themselves. So I know that they say that 15 is the market average of the S&P 500, but that can be deceiving. Uh, like I, for instance, I was just looking at Starbucks and Starbucks has a PE a little bit over, uh, a little bit over 22. It was a few days ago. It's it, probably 23 or so now, which, you know, would seem like it's overvalued, but when you compare it to itself and a five year historical average, it was uh, 28. So yeah, I mean, when you compare something to itself, that's a little bit better benchmark or compared to the industry. Uh, I'd like to go back about five years, gives you a nice little uh, flavor on, on what they've done. So it's, you know, but I mean, it's it's still not a bad idea uh, to, to look at when something is, uh, you know, using the 15 as the watermark of fair value, so to speak. Uh, so what I also look at aside from uh, the PE ratio of, of comparing it to its own uh, historical five-year uh, averages a solid return on uh, investment. So uh, look for a good ROI, uh, free cash flow yield, um, dividend payout ratio from free cash flow is, I can't talk. So I had, pota- <laughs> had potato pancakes. It, we're, we're here quarantined. We usually have a big shindig, a big get together every uh, Good Friday. And my wife cooks these awesome potato pancakes and I'm just full. I'm stuffed. I probably should have waited to do this, but I wanted to go ahead and get it out, get the ball rolling, uh, see what we can do here. So uh, <laughs> back to what I was saying with the, uh, I look for a dividend payout ratio. Uh, from free cash flow, I I much prefer using free cash flow as to uh, EPS because that can be um, manipulated and kind of accounting funny tricks can go on with that, some funny business. But they're not going to mess around with the fl- free cash flow because people don't want to go to jail. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, the SEC would definitely frown upon that. So I like uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I like a free cash flow yield. Uh, of under 60%. Uh, lower the better. Uh, go back to Starbucks. Starbucks is, I think, 35%. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, yeah, and then and then lastly, and, you know, kind of in the distance, I like looking at the dividend growth. Uh, what, you know, a, a nice dividend growth, I mean, t- 10% would be awesome. So anywhere, you know, 7 to 10%, I, I think is, is really good. Um, and then the growth streak, uh, the longer the better. And uh, yeah, just using that to determine if the yield is sustainable. And I, you look at that yield way down, way down the line. So uh, yeah, those are some of the things I look at. And you know, over the episodes, I'll be touching and we'll talk about those a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'd like to go next, talk about the market, what I think it's doing. I, I'm really surprised at the uh, exuberance and all the buying that's been going on. I don't trust it. I think we are in very, very uncharted waters. So lately I've been dabbling. I've mostly been sitting on cash, buying things that I deem solid companies, nothing risky. Uh, only And obviously lately most things have been below my average. So I've been buying, um, you know, solid le- <laughs> we go again solid less risky companies that are below my average um yeah so 
uh, so also, so to speak, um, brain fired here. Good God. <laughs> so what was I saying about the market? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I think we started seeing a short squeeze on a dead cat bounce. And then we just, because of the, the short squeeze, I think it just led to some FOMO buying. I, I don't think it's justified. I'm afraid to really go heavy. So I've just kind of been building up cash and dipping my toes into, you know, averaging down on, uh, on things like McDonald's, I, McDonald's, J and J, uh, AbbVie, um, you know, good, good companies. Uh, but yeah, it's, I did buy some, uh, Simon property group just because it was so stupidly below my average. I mean, we're talking, you know, <laughs> shame to say probably about $90 or so when I was buying it was below my average. So, um, yeah, I didn't really, I'll take the risk with that. But again, speaking of SPG, we have no idea what these shopping centers are going to look like after we don't know what businesses are going to go under. We don't know how people are going to react. Everybody's going to, we don't know the decisions people are going to make. So that's why I think it's crazy when people are thinking the worst of this is over I mean, we've got, you know, potentially put 30 million people out of work and then bring them back. And I I think it's everything's changing and I'm trying to focus on companies that are going to be solid that uh, that old Warren Buffett analogy that he he buys with the anticipation that if the market were to close tomorrow and not reopen for five years, what would he be comfortable holding? You know, I have to say McDonald's, J&J. Procter and Gamble, Apple, Pepsi. <clears throat> I, c- I can't imagine these companies not being around um, after this or being in demand. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's tempting. You see stuff like Cedar Fair and Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, you know, you see them way down uh, Six Flags. And it's just really tempting to want to jump into them. But um, I know better. And especially looking forward at where we're going. I, I think the cruise lines and amusement parks, I think they're just going to take a big hit. It's, it's going to take a while for things to get back to normal. So what are we talking about? Yeah, so I've been averaging down. Um, I Again, I, I think once people start getting this, this stimulus money, I think a lot of people are seeing how in what a bad condition they're in financially. And my fear is that people are just going to start sitting on their cash and saving their money and not spending it. And that could just start a deflationary cycle and companies are going to have to lower the prices of things in order to move product to get people to buy. And that's obviously if they're selling things for low, it could just start the whole cycle of a deflation. Um, You know, and I know it, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I think that is the wonderful thing about being alive is that we don't know what's going to happen. If we knew what was going to happen, life would be boring. So because we don't know, it makes things both exciting and frightening at the same time. And I am just happy to be alive. Um, thankfully, nobody I know has been touched with this this horrible, uh, horrible virus. But... I'm going to keep investing. Uh, I mean, if the world went to hell and you got a bunch of cash, you know, if the market were to collapse, <laughs> hey, good luck. Uh, you know, it's like uh, 
you know, I have some precious metals uh, in a safe and I, I look at it and think like, well, if there was no markets and no banks and stores were closed, I mean, I guess I'm going to really trade this for, for, for food and the necessities. I don't know. Nobody knows what it's going to look like, but I know that if I'm comfortable investing in the market because I have faith in the economy and faith in business that are providing products and services that people need. And if that market were to go away, I mean, we're all screwed. <laughs> Good. If you're heavy in cash, precious metals, cool. But if the U.S. stock market and the economy were to go away, we've got much, much bigger problems than uh, than the loss of capital that was invested. So, yeah, that's that's probably going to wrap it up for about now. Uh, first episode here. Good Friday, 2020. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. I'm just throwing my voice out into the ether. I actually, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at RustyRam78. I also have a, uh, I guess kind of in conjunction with this, I've started a YouTube channel where I am, so I'm obviously not a beginning investor, but I see a lot of people talk about Acorns and Stash and and, um, apps like this, beginning investing apps that I don't use. So for the fun of it, for my little side hobby and experiment, I opened up a Stash account a Worthy Bonds and a Acorns. And I put $50 in each of them and I'm spreading $5 a week across each of them. And I'm going to see after two years, it's a two-year experiment that I'm, I guess, sharing on YouTube uh, called Stashing Worthy Acorns. Check it out. Um, We're going to see where it goes. We're going to see what happens. And which one comes out on top? Uh, as I said, it's geared more toward beginning investors. Um, obviously, we're not talking about, or I'm not talking about free cash flow yields on there. And, you know, as things I'll, I'll get into uh, later episodes. But yeah, and then on this, I'll, I'll let you guys know what I've been buying, what I'm looking at buying, what, uh, you know. So, f- for instance, this week, the only things that I bought were Simon Property Group and uh, Realty Income. So SPG, ticker symbol SPG and ticker symbol O. I was very tempted to average down. I do own NRZ, not a lot, only you know 30 shares or so of NRZ, but uh, that was one that I got into when it was around 14, 15 a share because of that 50 cents, uh, unrealistic 50 cent per share. Um, uh, dividend payout every quarter and that that thing got massacred it got it got cut 90 percent so yeah i'm holding it and i was going to average down when it was about three bucks i uh, didn't because uh you know i, I kind of try abiding by not not putting any more money into a losing trade um when it's something riskier like that obviously the the big blue chips i'm not not too worried about so uh Oh man, my cat Louie is down here. Louie's looking at me. Thinks I'm crazy talking to nobody by myself, by my lonesome. I think my kids are upstairs playing Roblox. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's this game that they play uh, on their t- on their tablets and it's beyond me. I'm 40. I used to play the side-scrolling games um, like Mario. 
Uh, it's things like uh, Super Mario. I always so I was a Sega Genesis kid. I had Sega Master System and then Sega Genesis. I never had Nintendo or Super Nintendo. My buddies did. Um, so yeah, I would play Sonic the Hedgehog, their version of Mario. Uh, I love the side scrollers like that, uh, and then games like Gauntlet. Uh, really cool things. Uh, you know, games I, I grew up with in the 1980s that I, I started playing in uh, Berwyn, Illinois. That's where I'm from. So now you know. Anyway, all right, we're about 16 minutes in here, and hit me hit me up. Let me know. Uh, please leave comments, leave reviews. This is boring, exciting. What do you want me to do different? What do you want me to change? Uh, I might make them a little bit shorter. This was more of an introductory episode and kind of, kind of rambling. I can uh, definitely uh, have these. That'd be no uh, cut them in half. That'd be no problem. So uh, yeah, thanks for checking me out. If you're still here this long, and let me know what uh, what you like, didn't like, and cool. See you next time.